Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I'm excited you're here with us today. As always, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible beverages. Check those guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. So on today's program, I bring back my wife, Jamie Gordon. We talk about marriage. We talk about family. We talk about parenting. We talk about fighting uh, and what it looks like to have a successful marriage And so I hope that this conversation with my wife encourages you on your journey this week. Jamie Gordon, how are you doing? Hey, good. Glad you're back. Um, I want to talk about what you think is the most devastating thing to a marriage. I want your opinion. This is just strictly your opinion um, and how... How can we, how can a couple remedy that? Well, um, in my opinion, it would be um, not spending time with them, not putting their needs before your own, and not um, pouring into them above all else. And um, I just noticed that when when we struggle, um, if we're going through a phase where we're struggling, it's because... We both have so much going on or we're putting our kids first or we're putting so many other things first and we forget to take time for one another. And also whenever um, you don't value each other's opinions or you seek that outside of your marriage and, and don't don't have open communication between your spouse. Yeah, and- I, I agree with you. I think that those are things that are um, incredibly hurtful. Um and I know that you know we've been married for twelve years uh, in May, and I know that well, you and I have not always done that, and it's it's been to our marriage's detriment. Um, how do you think we should? How, how does a couple cure that? Just be um, try to be intentional with our time and our relationship. I mean the. The only way you can can come together is if you make time to come together and talk about your week ahead or your month ahead, what that looks like, and just um, wake up every day and choose to put the other one first above even yourself and above the kids if you have kids. And yeah, I know. In Ephesians chapter five, it tells us that husbands are to love their wives. The way Christ loved the church, and and the way Christ loved the church is He gave Himself up for um, the church, and in terms of He actually laid down His life for her. Um, what do you think that when you when you see that how how should that be played out in a marriage in 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 the perfect world in a perfect marriage? How would that you think um, be played out um, for? a husband to actually do that what would it look like well i just i know that um when when i see you valuing me and doing sweet little things for me and um just like tonight you saying you know kids are gonna pray and we're gonna go to bed and you put the kids down and now we've been in the dining room just hanging out and 
So I don't know. I mean, are you saying practical ways or? Yeah, and and, and that's and that's and that's one thing. Just seeing being able to sit in here. We've we've talked uh, before. I hit the report, record button. You you have been enjoying a nice little salad. We've been talking about um, eating my mazio leftover mazio salad. <laughs> <laughs> and with with your Chick Fil A sweet tea. Um, yeah, Arnie, my Chick Fil A. It's actually an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Arnie Palmer. What is it? I don't know. Our, that yeah. way, half lemonade, half tea. Our, our son, he's the one who got you hooked on those. Yes. So, but I mean, but just sitting here and talking, and we, and we weren't like necessarily dialoguing on, on intentional conversation. We're just talking back and forth. We we're showing each other stuff on social media. We were going through some of the bills, uh, opening mail. You were getting me insurance card. Just, just having the conversation where we're sitting together. Just that time where we're together. And the kids aren't here saying, "Hey, mom, I want this." And there's, you know, there's no arguing and no fighting between the kids. It's it's quiet. Right. Um, I think that that's that's super important. Yeah, there's no one competing for our attention. It's just us. It's nice. Yes. I do like it. What uh, What do you see for us? Is the what What do you envision as the perfect weekend? If you if you could have if every of the stars aligned and everything worked out the way it's supposed to, perfect weekend. Perfect weekend. Mm. You and I away from Bartlesville somewhere. I don't even. I'm not even picky where. I don't know. <laughs> in a really nice hotel room, and I get to sleep in as long as I want. <laughs> And then, like, room service and take our time getting ready and then just having a whole day or two just to hold hands and walk around and not even really shop, just be together and hang out and go to wake up when we want, go to bed when we want. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm not very... (laughs) You're... That's easy. That's that's an easy one. I got I struck gold here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the summer, it would be nice to be like sometime go to the beach or something, or go mm. go away to the mountains, but not in the cold. Like I can't do the mountains. She's in not the a cold, cold girl. I and see, I like the cold, and she likes it when it's like seventy five, eighty, and I can I can stand it when it's like fifty or forty. That's that's my. My go my go to temperature hoodie, the hoodie weather. But I don't you know I'm not in disagreement. I'd love to go to the beach and or go to the mountains. What's uh? I will I will say um. Like, I would add maybe like a concert in there in the evening before mm. we went back because that's something you really enjoy, and when you're really happy, it's. I mean, and I really enjoy it too now because of you because so, of how much fun you have and then it makes me have a good time and i just i don't know i like that i like date nights where we're at a concert or some kind of musical event there was a time when that was not the case (laughs) (laughs) very true (laughs) but we've we've gone past that and and i i anytime i take you to a concert it's usually been a a decent concert i don't think i've ever messed up and and taken us to a bad concert no i just remember before i was really into them you got me a concert ticket for a birthday or something it was for your birthday yeah Stephen curtis chapman and mm-hmm. i was just like oh 
why are we doing something you want to do on my birthday? This is something you like. You like music and concerts. And then I got there and I wept through the whole thing. It was a great experience. I loved it. It was amazing. And now she's a Stephen Curtis Chapman fan. Yes. And then they played this <clears throat> song about, it was called Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And I was, oh. Anyway, yes, it was a wonderful night. And I had to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> she did, guys. It was awesome. Because the whole way down, she was sort of kind of a... Uh, you know, she was sort of kind of pouty, and <laughs> you were being very nice. You were being a little pouty, and and I finally said, "What's wrong?" And you're like, "This is your thing. You love concerts. I don't love concerts. You do." And I said, "Just trust me. This isn't just the you know, Joe Blow concert. This is Stephen Curtis Chapman. You don't know. You I mean you you got to see this." And so afterwards, after, this was a long time ago. It was. And granted, I you have to remember the audience probably doesn't know, but I wasn't. Raised around Christian music or Christian radio stations, and so, yeah. I mean, everything I had heard up until that point, I had liked. I just didn't really, I don't know. You weren't a big fan like Garth Brooks or. It wasn't like ooh, I didn't know Stephen Curtis Chapman, but man, I was quickly yeah informed that I should be totally excited about this band, and it was very nice. And it was it was good. Um, when you see couples who are doing i mean just constantly at each other's throats why do you think that is well i mean obviously there's a lack of respect for one another somehow and then also they just haven't value valued each other enough to put each other first and to to respect each other and to take time for one another and they've obviously let the world and the craziness of the world i don't know finances kids job home i don't know what kind of stress but and also ultimately they're most likely not putting christ first in their relationship i know that that for us when we've done that when we've not been as focused as we should be on christ we tend to in our in our personal relationship with him sure yeah we tend to we tend to go at each other if we're not spending time in the word and it and it doesn't everybody thinks oh caleb you have a radio show or oh caleb you speak and, and i'm sure your wife is just all the time she's just always in bliss and then that's not the case there's been moments where we where we get so focused on doing other things we get distracted we get angry with one another and that that core idea of having respect for one another and actually sitting down and communicating hey this is what my week's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's what my week's going to look like for the next, you know, seven days. What do you What do you got on your calendar? And if we don't communicate that out, and see you guys, Jamie's a, a planner, and I'm not. I just fly by the seat of my pants. And <laughs> Definitely <laughs> wing it. Yes, I, I wing it. I fly, and sometimes that that can be to my detriment. And I will say, in the twelve years that we've been married, that I have gotten way better at. And, communicating and i have also gotten better at just sometimes just winging it flying and going and being spontaneous and yeah it's definitely a give and take yeah it is it's yes and so i think having that that time um and, and i i took that advice we watched a uh we were part of a marriage conference um a couple of weeks ago i had uh ryan dobson and he said i, I think it's wise for couples to be a part of counseling to do counseling even if they don't have marriage problems because you do preventative work on your car and we just we went to a marriage conference just because 
and we actually redid we came back and revisited that just not too long ago and um it's uh it was matt chandler's marriage conference that he does with his wife and and that the idea of sitting down and planning out a week and, and sharing calendars is something that we I mean, we did occasionally, but it just sparked that back in my mind to say, okay, let's sit down and talk about, here's what I have for the next week. Here's what I got for the next month, uh, speaking-wise or work-wise, and you do the same thing for your work and the kids' calendars and schools and things like that. Um, in in the idea of when it comes to, especially since you're a girl, um, how does social media shape how you view yourself and view your marriage and your family? <clears throat> um, I really think it's damaging if you don't like put a cap on it and if you don't really watch out how much stock you're putting into it because we only, you know, we've said it a million times and we've heard it a million times, but social media is normally most often the highlight reel of someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't post a picture if I wake up in the morning in the middle of the night and I'm getting sick or, you know, one of my kids has gotten sick or one of my kids has brought home a bad grade or, you know, you don't post those things. You post the awards that your kids get. You post the, you know, cute dress up days and that you don't post the days where they're walking out of the house and oh, were these jeans clean (laughs) or not And because laundry hasn't been done. You know, you don't post that kind of stuff. And so, I don't know. I just, I I think we have to be very careful with social media. What do you think would would happen if if you did something like that? If you just did posts that weren't the highlight reel? I've actually tried doing that before. And I got so much more response from... That then, you know, because then we're relatable women, you know, when you can relate to somebody, that's when true friendships happen because we all know that we don't have it all together. But, um, yeah. And I think when I've like been vulnerable or just 100% real and raw and honest on Facebook, I've also gotten a lot of feedback, even if it wasn't like ugly or messy, but just, you know, hey, you know, I'm struggling here and I need friendship or whatever, like whatever I post that's real. um, People tend to respond to that because they want, they want someone to be real and honest with them. You know, they want something real, not fake. Yeah. And we, I think because the world in which we live, we have so much fake that's thrown at us and we've got the Kardashians and things like that. that are just so fake and and glossed over and, and Photoshopped that, a moment yeah. of authenticity really does spark. Whoa! Wait a minute. That's that's it's huge. Yeah, I can be. I she's you know she's one of my people. I can I can relate to her or I can hang out with her because she would get me. You know. Yes, I definitely think that. Yeah. What uh, needed. When it comes to being a mother, um, have you had moments where you? feel like you failed (laughs) are you asking me this question because of our conversation in bed just last night (laughs) (laughs) yes there have been and in fact lately this stage of life that i'm in like hannah kate left this morning at 2 33 this morning and went with her junior class to washington dc she's going to be gone for several days and 
it's just she's 17. She's at a place where, yes, she needs me, but she doesn't need me like she used to. And I was just telling you the other night in bed, I kind of had a moment because I had been cranky all day. It's just like I feel like my older kids, like I feel like Noah is the only one who needs me like he used to. And the, in, on, in all actuality, that's just Satan. That's just mm-hmm. the enemy trying to tell me that they don't because they do. In fact, they need me now more than ever like we were talking about. Yeah. It's just in a different way. And I'm not one that I want my kids babied or coddled or I'm really not. And I don't. I mean, I'm not hard on them. But I, I, I also, I mean, I've been, we've been told we have very mature, responsible, um, polite children. And so it's not that I'm want, wanting them in my lap still <laughs> rocking them and things like yeah. that. But it's just, it's a different stage to have teenagers. And when I'm looking at, okay, Hannah only has one more year of high school. And then the boys are both next year considered high schoolers, both of the middle boys. Like, Austin will no longer be middle school. It will be three high schoolers and an elementary student. And it's just a different stage of life. And so, yeah, I have, I've wrestled with feelings of, um, I don't know how to do this. I feel like I did the baby stage really well. Like, I, I, you know, I felt confident. I knew when my kids cried I could help them not cry. And yeah. I knew what they needed if it was a diaper change or food or um, to be rocked or to be put to bed. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like when they're older, it's harder to pinpoint. And so it's... Yeah, because you try to have a conversation. Hey, what you know? Hey, what's going on in your world? How, what, you're not acting like you're normally... Right. And <laughs> parents of, of teenage boys will know, t- I mean, testosterone enters the picture and it really does change the game. There's this yeah. this element of, and and you, I mean, you, you, yes, you have, you have a brother. And so you saw that growing up, but having three boys and then a husband who just, I mean, right. I'm all for tough play and we got outside, but, you know, just running around playing, having a good time. Right. And sometimes that can overspill into the house and that can get crazy. <laughs> and... Um, and and it's, I don't even mind that so much. It's just that, like, I still, I mean, they still are so good to kiss me goodnight or say goodbye in the morning. If they don't, I'm like, wait, you know, and they come back and they're good. Like, Austin, I had to drop him off today because Hannah couldn't take him to school, obviously, because she's gone on a trip. And I, I dropped him off today. And I love that, that that was, you know, the, my role needed. again that I sure. was in. And he was like, Mom, roll down your window. And he gave me a kiss on the cheek and said, have a good day. I love you. And I, I'm, and Gabe does the same thing. And Noah does the same thing. So I know, you know, I'm still needed. I'm still loved. It's just a different season. It's just a different time. And, and I love that they, um, they are, you know, growing little wings. And they're, they're you know, they're becoming their own people. Mm-hmm. I just have to remember that it is Satan. It's a lie from the enemy that. Yeah, he calls I'm it. Not. He wants to get you. He wants to make an agreement that that you're not needed, that you're not valued by your children, right? And that you're screwing them up. How many times have you and I had that conversation? Like, God, I think we're I think we're screwing them up. Right. And I did read something the other day. Can't remember <clears throat> who it was from, but that if you're a parent that thinks or has those feelings that you're screwing your your kids up <laughs> then you probably are doing it right because you're at least you're you're, you're conscious, you're about, conscious about it you're worried about that and you don't want to your your heart is you know in the right place you don't want to be screwing them up and so 
Yeah, mm. but I don't think we should focus on on all the negative. And I think that's where the enemy has us, is he has us focusing on all the negative, And we totally overlook all the positives, yeah. several positives during our day. Yep. And I think that same exact thing where we, there's so many positive things that do happen. I mean, like I look at Hannah and she has a desire to want to try to memorize scripture and she loves to lead worship and do mm-hmm. these things. But, you know, then she'll throw an attitude and you're just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my daughter. But I'm like, wait a minute. That's, right. Yeah, she had this one moment and, where she threw shade. <laughs> and her attitude compared to mine at 17 is nothing. Like, I really <laughs> even feel guilty saying that she ever has an attitude because really... It's it's not bad at all. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the typical, she's going one way. She has goals. She has dreams, aspirations for her life. And when we try to go, oh, Hannah, you know, and she's like, I know. And so it's not, I don't know. It's not a We have to remind ourselves that, that you know, she, she is trying to come into her own person and we yeah. are. She's got goals or she's right. got goals and hopes for the, that we don't have, and, and our, that's okay. Right, and our job is to love her through that and to mm-hmm. give her guidance. And there are definitely things that, you know, lines we draw in the sand and say, nope, we're not crossing this, or, we, you know. And she's always been good to listen, ultimately, at the end of the day. She is all of our kids at the end of the day. If we are a hard no on something, they are always accepting of that and, and want to listen to us and, and obey because they know at the end of the day, we have their best interest at heart. And I'll, I'll be but, on. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say she, um, there's not much that, that we butt heads on, but that's because I think we have done, you know, such a good job, even though Satan tries to tell me daily that we're not doing a good job and that's what I focus on. But I think that we are, um, we're working ourselves out of a job, which is mm-hmm. ultimately what we're supposed to exactly. do. And so they are getting to a point where they're making good decisions. And sometimes even though those decisions that are being made by the three older kids are good, it's like, wait, that wasn't my idea. So is right. it good? Right. And that's not, and that's Satan telling me that, oh, they don't need you anymore. Cause that's not the way you would have done it, but it's not a bad way that they've chosen to do different things. It's just not the way I would have done it. So then I have those feelings of, yeah. you know, anyway, what were you going to say? And, and, you know, you feel, I was actually going to say the same thing about working ourselves out of a job and, and the goal of parenting ultimately is, is to have well-adjusted kids who are doing things that are smart i guess i mean not i not necessarily smart but like that have a desire to want to do the right thing even when people right. aren't watching their heart their heart behind what their goals are <clears throat> and their their actions and everything is that ultimately jesus first and i do love that about our older kids at the end of the day they really do want to please christ and please us and please others around them and are they perfect kids no nope. they're not they're not at all but any no none of us are you i'm not you're not no but, and that's the thing that we do as parents is we we need to be telling our kids, showing our not just telling, but showing our kids that the things that are going to matter is keeping our focus on Christ and not getting a distract, yes. not getting distracted with the stuff of this world. I think of Hebrews chapter twelve, where it talks about because of these great cloud of witnesses, which if you look at that, it's actually in context examples, like this great cloud of 
of, of examples. And then you go back to Hebrews 11, the Heroes Hall of Fame, and you see all these people that, that made it. They, they, some of them quenched the uh, you know, quenched fire and, and destroyed armies, and then some of them got cut in two. And the goal for all of us is to is to see parents or to or to see our kids as parents to see our kids following and loving Christ. And if we set that example, we don't just say, "Hey, I'm going to send you to church." We go to go church, to church with them, yeah. And it's just so important to to be a part of a fellowship and be on mission together and mm-hmm. do things together. Yeah, um, that's the reason I think it's I, I every time I go speak somewhere or preach somewhere. I do my dead level best to make sure either all the kids or some of the kids are with me so they're they're involved in this and they get to meet the people there, they get to shake the hands, they get to be a part of that aspect of ministry. And I think if you if you don't do that it, it can be Right. Yeah. It can be dangerous. You do a good job at including all of us and and trying to be on mission all together and And sometimes it's not all fun and games sometimes you get it's it's a long drive or it's a and then you get there and it's like a you know a country church where there's 25 people and mm-hmm. you know and, or 10 people and you just feel like is this was this really worth it but the kids mm-hmm. get to be a part of the conversations on the way there and the conversations back and the right or, or just or just sometimes just sitting quietly yeah and they get to see us do things that i mean it's not always comfy and cozy to serve christ it's not always mm. um yeah i like that it's not always um Comfortable is not always the the healthiest. Right. Right. Getting out of your comfort zone, like doing this radio show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks for again for taking time out. I know this is just on the spot, just having a conversation with you. This has actually been fun. Yeah. I, I will say that one thing I forgot to say earlier is about um, our relationship and like something that I took away early on from your dad that your dad and your mom both told us after a small fight that we had had. Um, Us fight now. That that, um, when we were talking to them about it and they said, and it struck me and it it was, it's so true that you're going to fight. Like you're going to have, you're going to have tiffs in a marriage and Mm. um, it's, it depends on how you fight and, and you have to fight fair. You have to fight um, for each other and you have to fight fair and you have to remember that you're not fighting each other you're fighting the real fight is with the enemy and yeah. you have to be on the same page and, and fight fair anyway I thought awesome. about that but I didn't get to see that say that earlier so. well, I, I agree it's awesome well let's uh, let's pray and then we'll okay. be dismissed Father thank you for marriage thank you for my wife thank you for the opportunity to be able to to Talk about what you've done in our lives. Um, God, thanks for protecting us from the enemy who wishes to steal, kill, and destroy us. Uh, thanks for guarding our kids. God, I just, Lord, I just think about that and how that's, oh man, I feel inadequate sometimes. God, I know that you're, you're more than sufficient. Thank you for giving us the strength to walk through this. Uh, Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, babe. Love you. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.